Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. One, two, three, four. It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. 17-14 is the final. One touchdown, we are world champions. Believe it, and it will happen. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Why, hello, everybody, and good afternoon on this Tuesday I am John Schmelk. He's Howard Cross. Welcome to Big Blue Kickoff Live. Giants are 4-1, and one, Mr. Cross, coming off a big 27-22 win <laughs> in London against the Green Bay Packers. We'll try to get to your calls early and often today. Again, it's 201-939-4513. We'll do a little on the game, take a little big picture, look at the team, too, and then we'll get to your calls. I guess, Howard, you've had a day to think about it. Uh, your thoughts on how the Giants managed to come out with that win uh, on Sunday against Green Bay? I tried to explain to people a few times. I'm like, I said, listen, Aaron Rodgers doesn't like his receivers. If he doesn't like his receivers in Green Bay or in the States, he's definitely not going to like them across the, across the ocean. And, and, everybody, and the only guy he seemed to like was Randall Cobb. Yeah, he was and, trying to force the ball to. And people start kind of like, oh, well, you're kind of being a homer. I said, no, you have to understand. Uh, you're, like, you're right about you know, that. Aaron Rodgers is having an issue with this. And, like, if this defense can't keep him in it, they'll have a problem, especially late in games. And sure enough, the Giants scored a couple times. That they, they got back in it. And it got down to the nitty-gritty in the end of the game. And he kept looking for the same guy. And when you start to look for the same By guy. By the way, they were there. I looked at the tape. Other guys were hoping. He just yeah, wasn't looking at him. He just started looking for the guy he trusts. <laughs> like, you can't. You know, that, that guy you trust isn't the, the greatest receiver in the league like the guy he had last year. So now all of a sudden. He ain't Devontae Adams 100%. Yeah, so, so, so now all of a sudden you're looking at a guy who doesn't quite have that speed or that burst to, to get himself that super and, open. And maybe he used to eight years ago, but yeah, now maybe. he's over 30 years old. Yeah, yeah he's like older. Devontae Adams beating double teams, yeah. running by dudes, twisting guys into the ground. And, like this, you know, and I'm sure Cobb is still a very viable option. But he can't be your first and only option. Uh, of course. And I'm like, okay, I said, if he doesn't trust the other guys, if the game gets tight in the end, the Giants have more than a chance to win. I think they'll win. And somebody just laughed at me. I'm like, okay. And you saw that? And what did they say after the game? I don't want guys talking about being worried about losing. Uh, we got to change that. You can speak stuff. I'm like, get out of here with that mumbo jumbo. Dude, you guys are in trouble. Mumbo <laughs> jumbo. <laughs> yeah, he's, he basically blamed it on – you know, you speak things into existence. I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's in existence there, Aaron. I don't mean any harm. He's, he's he. They might get better. They may make a, a huge playoff run. Oh, sure they might. Yeah, but right now, no. They just, they just didn't look like it. And by the way, and again, this is not taking away from what the Giants did. I was surprised, given the issues at wide receiver, mm-hmm. 
You got a third and one and fourth and one inside the 10. You got a 250-pound monster in A.J. Dillon. Hand the dude the football, right? Again, I'm, I'm not saying <laughs> a word. The, the one indicator, and, and again, the Giants have played an incredible game. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Did a great offensive line, did awesome, opening holes, beating guys down, keeping them off Danny. You know, he had the bad ankle everything. They did a great job. But when the indicator for me was when Cobb catches the ball on the sideline and is going out, they could have just ran the next play and, you know, been in rhythm and gone. Aaron Rodgers ran over to the sideline, yelled at the coach. He was in and walked back to the middle of the field. And by the way, Howard's on the sideline, folks, so he literally <laughs> sees this up close. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. walking back to the middle of the field as to say, I'm not calling a play. <laughs> Throw the flag. <laughs> Throws the flag, and he happened to be right. Ended up being right, yeah. Ended up being right, but who does that? Like, the coach didn't have a choice. Aaron frickin' Rodgers does I'm that. Like, that's I'm it. like, dude, it's over. <laughs> I'm on the sideline, like, it's over. They're like, what do you mean? Like, it's over. It's I can see the wheels rolling around the field. I'm like, that, this is going crazy. Yeah, look, and I think, Howard, you just got to, you know, the Giants didn't have one turnover in the whole game. They no, pr- no. They protected the football. They just played good, clean football. They didn't allow any big plays go over their head mm-hmm. over the course of the game. They played methodical football. They ran it well. And the mm-hmm. passing game was just really efficient. They schemed up. You know, and it wasn't a bunch of these, like, you know, tight window, 20-yard throws down the field. No. They created a lot of easy opportunities for Daniel. He was 21 to 27, a lot of high percentage throws. He missed one throw the entire game, the one behind Slayton in the first half. Yeah. And then they moved the ball. You know, they had two sacks that got taken away because Slayton and Richie James forced defensive holding penalties. Yep. You know, they, because they were able to create separation. We talk about separation with the receivers, yep. right? Well, James and Slayton created separation yesterday yep. on Sunday. So put that all together. It turned into just a very – it was just a well-played and well-coached game where it's almost like they outlasted the opponent. They just did a really nice job. Well, the reemergence of Slayton made a huge difference in the game. 100%. Uh, just, just him catching the ball, being, being dependable, and all of a sudden not just being dependable, now looking like he's almost a threat. And those guys were not – they just weren't prepared for it. They they were looking for whoever I don't know who they were looking for as receivers for the for the Giants, but they just weren't prepared for like he's got a little he's got an extra gear that everyone else doesn't yeah, have. Juice. Yeah, yeah. so they're like juice. okay, all right. So it seems like to me they would have just dropped back and tried to keep him in front. No, they kept trying to press him. I'm like okay, he beat you once, so what are you gonna do now? Easy, we'll just grab him. So they, <laughs> and and here's a funny thing, and I and I and I think this is week to week, and it, and it doesn't doesn't you know any bearing on anything, but. Two weeks ago, we were watching receivers getting tackled in the end zone, and the referees weren't throwing flags. This week, we were watching receivers being thrown to, especially in, 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 on Green Bay side, where Aaron Rodgers said, okay, I'll just throw it inside of the defender and have my guy fight over him trying to get the ball. That's how they got the call on McKinney. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and he, he, he was throwing it purposely in that position. He's like, my guy's covered. So the only way for me to get a chance is for me to throw it inside. The, the, the defender's not looking. My guy will try to fight through him for the ball. He'll, the defender will keep running, and guess what? They'll throw the flag, and they did it twice. And by the way, Rodgers missed Cobb. He, yeah. he actually was behind Holmes on the deep pass could've, over the middle. Could have thrown it to him, but he was looking for the call instead of the catch. But he didn't put it over the top. Nope. 100, no, 100%. <laughs> like that that, that could have been the one big play, right? Yeah. That that, that mm-hmm. kind of changed the game. He'll look back at that, and he'll be like, okay, I got to figure that out. But that's that's just the difference. Like, that's the difference between him and like Dan. Dan, Dan. You know, Daniel's being more conservative, trying to make his throws and stuff, mm-hmm. and, and he's able to run and stuff. So he's not putting himself or looking at it where he's putting some putting himself in risk. I don't think Aaron's putting it at risk. I just think he's just throwing at the back of the receiver and, and waiting on the official. Every time he threw the ball and it wasn't in a completion, he raised his hands up and looked at the official. Not once, 
every time. Like the ball was going out of bounds sometimes. I'm like, hey, bro, put your hands down. You can't. That's that's not a penalty. <laughs> like he he got away with a lot of like I, I thought uh, illegal picks during the game. But outside of that, everything else, you know, it was a game. What do you think about the two? blitzes one was a six-man pressure one mm-hmm. was a cover zero pressure where they said everybody that wasn't covering a wide receiver went yeah. on the last two defensive snaps or not the last two but the two defensive snaps in the goal to go situation yeah. uh or red zone situation wasn't goal to go yeah. where they get the two pass deflections keep, keep deflections yeah. you know and i think when people think about wing martindale and the blitzes they think well that's going to create sacks right yeah well it does sometimes mm-hmm. but it also speeds up the quarterback's process, right? When he sees all those guys coming, and then if guys get their hands up, th- those my point is that those pressures and blitzes can impact the quarterback without actually getting to the quarterback and getting You sex. know what is, you, that, and you know what else impacted the quarterback? Sexy Dexy. <laughs> Him coming up the middle. Biggest sack of the game. Just Biggest like, play but, of the game. But he kept getting close. Like mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers kept like, all right, he sidestepped him one time. He sidestepped him another time. Said, "Man, he's in my mind like he is so close." So if he just gets a finger on him, sure enough, he put a hand on him, and, and Aaron Rodgers like, "Oh, oh, I'm down, bro. Don't, don't, don't twist. Don't spin. Don't fall on me. <laughs> I'm don't out. Don't fall on me, dude. I'm so down." <laughs> I was like, "Did he just go? Did he take? Did he take the dive almost?" And by the way, I wasn't sure Rodgers was getting up when <laughs> oh. Zimenez hit him on that hail mary. Oh my god, he goodness. got lit up. Yeah, but he was like again. Mm-hmm. avoiding sexy Dexy. He was yeah. like, okay, let's move away from big boy there. And he got crushed from behind. Now, Griffin told me you, you were teaching him that dance on the sideline before <laughs> no, the game, no? No, no, I'm not dancing, no. No dancing on the sideline. No dancing. <laughs> that was pretty good, though, for it the big pretty, man. He's a big dude. That's that's his big move. And so, you know, I'm, I'm not sure. That's that's back to the, you know, the Keegan thing where it's like, is it two pumps or three? What is illegal? <laughs> and then I... And, pretty good. <laughs> And then offensively, Howard, I want to get to this, and then we'll do one big picture thing, and then we'll get to calls. Okay. Um, they had the two drives that went for touchdowns that mm-hmm. came off of the two big Saquon plays, right? The yeah. run of the Wildcat. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I've seen people talk about this online yet. I wrote it up in my game report story that's on with, with the video that's up on Giants.com. Mm-hmm. On that Wildcat direct snap play in the first half, mm-hmm. they actually – had an unbalanced line on that play. Yeah, They had Andrew Thomas lined up outside of Evan Neal on the right side. So they had Feliciano, Glowinski, mm-hmm. Neal, Thomas on the right side of the line. Right mm-hmm. On the left side of the line, it was just Bredesen, Bellinger. Yeah. And then Sills was standing up next to Bellinger on the left side. Well, they run that action to the left, to the lighter side of the unbalanced line. Mm-hmm. Sills gets a block. Bellinger gets a block mm-hmm. on the corner, kicking out. Mm-hmm. Feliciano pulls around, gets a block. Mm-hmm. Bredesen blocks down. Mm-hmm. And then Breda, who is in the backfield with Saquon, gets out in front and puts a block on there. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was just a really nicely schemed up play, something a little bit different, because you figure you're going to run into the you know, heavy you, part you, of the you, line, you right? You have to protect yourself against the heavy part of the line, because if he gets going against the heavy part of the line and somebody double-teams right. and slides up to a linebacker, it creates a crease that goes to the house. So you're creating almost natural leverage on the weak side yeah. by so, going the other way, right? So and if you and if you over, if you overstack one side, the defense has to slide that way. You get one down block and you start pulling guys around, they're out they're outmanned. And that's basically what the Giants did to them. That's how the, that's how the play breaks. And you have a, a running back that's all they have to do is run straight to the sideline and then make a move when he gets there. And that's basically what what he did. He just started up the field and like one dude to beat. That guy's back there crying, looking coming. He's like 
please try to run over me. Please try to run over me. Please. He's like, he made a move. And that's all you can do. Yeah, and that's what happened on the pass, too, by yeah. the way. he I think it was I think that was Savage, and he yeah, put a move he, on him in the was, open he was, field. And all he was right saying to himself so, yeah. was like, please try to run over me. Please, for God's <laughs> sakes, just put dip your shoulder. <laughs> so I can just, and then Saquon tried to go back and forth, get the, the DB to, tw- to turn his uh, hips left and yeah, right. Oh, it was a problem. Yes, it's, just, it's just terrible. Like, guys, can't you can't do anything when a guy's running full speed at you with the ball and you're backing up. Yeah, and then you talk about scheme making these look the same. They did that same formation in the red zone later in the game, mm-hmm. and they ran behind the big people. Yeah. So then teams are going to see that on tape, and they're going to like, well, we don't know what yeah, they're going to do just, out of this formation now. You just now. don't know how to, like, you can't, you, it's hard to stop. And, and here's the other thing. We don't know if they have a read or not. Correct. You don't. So, so we don't know if they're reading something behind us. Like I, I haven't studied it to look at it long enough. I haven't looked at it to see, like, okay, well, we know we got them. They're, they're overloaded to the left uh, with the load front. We can come back to the right because this guy is shading so and so. We don't know any of that. I haven't looked at it. Yeah. But they're, whatever it is that, that I, they're yeah. doing, if he's making a, a check call in the backfield, it's over. Guys, will, it, it, you'd have to almost play that front straight, and you can't do it. Right. No, it's hard. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And that and that's why the Wildcat can still be a weapon if yeah. you use it the right way. Uh, the second play, you know, they move Saquon out. They motion oh, him out. Oh, for, like I said last week, could you win with the Wildcat? You said. No, I know you did. I know you did. <laughs> yeah. I know you did. Okay. But remember, they use it in spots. They didn't use it the whole game, though. I said they could lose. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, on the second big play for Barkley, they put him out into the, into the slot. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, on the tape, he runs in, and there's you know they have two linebackers on the field, Devondre Campbell and Quay Walker, and he runs right at Campbell, starts going across the field, and Campbell, you see it on the video, he points to Quay Walker saying, pick this dude up going across the field. He's coming, yes. Mm-hmm. Quay Walker does not see him coming, and Quay Walker stays in man-on-man coverage. I think it's with Bellinger over the middle, yeah. and that's when Barkley touches it. Fans wonder, well, how is there nobody around Saquon Barkley? Well, that was how, and then he gets in the open field, but again, that's what happens. If you can get him against linebackers, you can get those yeah. type of miscommunications, and that's how you can get that big play through the air. And, and also, the, the fans have to realize that you, you're playing a game in London. Like The fans in London were like, I guess we'll call it 60-40 Green Bay. It was, you were telling me how loud it was it down was, there it for was the Packers. super duper loud. So at this point in the game, Green Bay is still kind of in the lead. Everything's kind of, you know, whatever. At that point, it was 20-20, I believe. Yeah, so, but, yeah. but mm-hmm. they were still cheering. Sure, absolutely. So there was like the, 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 they did all the monitors, make some noise. You couldn't hear anything. So if he's pointing and he's not looking at the guy pointing at him, He's not going to hear him say anything because right. it was just too loud. He was trying to pass him off. And like, there was hey, no one to pass he's him like, off to. here he comes. He's like, here he comes. And the guy's looking at Bellinger. He can't hear him say, here he comes. Yeah. You'd have to be able to be looking away from Bellinger, who you're worried that he's going to catch the ball on. And by the way, Howard, we, you, you don't do our offseason stuff, but we talked a lot about Quay Walker in mm-hmm. the offseason. Yeah. That dude's got wheels on him, man. <laughs> he can run. Yeah. He, that was impressive. I, like he was like literally running with with Saquon, like no, running with Saquon. He was not running with Saquon. He caught up to Saquon. He ran Saquon down. <laughs> <laughs> that dude's got I legs, said, man. I said when you did it, I said I said. No, you told I me. Told, I'm like that dude was moving. <laughs> I'm like if they would have been no, if Saquon hadn't had the juke, and didn't and didn't have to like you know restart, I would have liked to seen what would have happened. I mean, no offense to anything. I'd still like to see a great play by the Giants. I just would like to see how fast that dude was. That dude, <laughs> that dude was rolling, bro. I was like, holy smokes. <laughs> he didn't have an angle. He went and got him. I'm like, okay. I was like, all right, they got one quick dude out there. 
Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs... Yeah, like check out these hair. Pl- I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. Hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Some people try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So, what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. Though. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. No, he's fast. <laughs> All right, f- final thing here, Howard. I guess my question is... Mm-hmm. I'm gonna throw some numbers at you, okay? Oh, I know numbers. you 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 love when I throw numbers at you. I feel like it's a, your like favorite ho- thing. I feel in the like world. Homer Simpson okay. numbers. Mm. <laughs> All right, these are not complicated, okay? Mm-hmm. In the NFL, and Brian Dable's actually said this, right? Generally speaking, you need to make big chunk explosive plays to score touchdowns. It's hard to score touchdowns without explosive plays to go along with it. Okay, yeah, new NFL. Yep. Okay. So I'm going to throw some numbers at you, and then I'm going to ask you a question, and then we're going to get the calls. All right? How many pass attempts do you think the Giants have this year? Just attempts that have traveled 20 yards in the air or more. Seven. Nine. I'm actually, you know what? And you're mm-hmm. the first person to actually guess under that number this mm-hmm. year. Okay? Second fewest in the NFL. How many pass completions this year do you think the Giants have that have gone? This isn't through the air. This is yards gained have gained 15 or more yards this year. Oh, gained more than 15 yes, yards? Yes, just gained more than 15 yards. That's about 12. 21, actually. Yeah. Okay, but still, third fewest in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Numbers are low, okay? You would like them to be bigger. Yet, the Giants are still 4-1. and one. Mm-hmm. Throw out one other thing for you, okay? The Giants this year, where is the number? Um, the Giants have scored 10 touchdowns this year, okay? Mm-hmm. On six of those touchdown drives... Saquon Barkley has had a play that has gone for 29 yards or more. Okay. Which is pretty pretty phenomenal. Pretty phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Just to give Saquon in the running game its due. Only mm-hmm. one of those is passes, the other mm-hmm. five are runs. Mm-hmm. And on eight of those 10 drives, he is a play that has gone for 15 yards or more. Okay. So to say Saquon's bigger, big reason the Giants have scored their touchdowns would be the understatement of the century, okay? Yeah. Is the way the Giants are going about things and winning these games, is it something, in your opinion, that they can sustain and continue and continue to win at this pace over the course of the year? And why, if yes, or why, if no? The answer to that is going to be yes. And the answer to that is yes because of the, the very simple fact that they don't have everybody. Like As, as people are looking at, at these guys and, and how they're doing this and you're using the numbers, and I, you know, I can appreciate the numbers. Oh, and by the way, I'm not, this is not a criticism of the coaches no, no, no. because, because just, they, just, they can't play the other way. Go ahead. You, I'm you sorry. Just answer, you asked me to answer. Yes, I'm, no, answer. I'm so, sorry for interrupting. So, so, basically, so basically, the more people that become healthy and available, the different things is going to, to you know, be factored in. 
Coach Dable and those guys are doing a great job of using what's available. Hundred percent. They're agree. not. They're 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 MacGyvers. Okay. They're they're like okay. All right. Well, we don't have that, so we don't have to use that. We don't have that. We don't have to use that. Oh well, just do this. Like this, this will work. It's the old finding a path to victory based on what's available. You know, finding a path to victory. But again, I think the term probably is more is you can only use what you have. Hundred percent. You can only you can only you you go into a kitchen. You 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 open the cupboards. You find something. You can only make what's available. You can't make steak if you only have chicken. And that's and and that sounds silly and stupid, but that's what's going on with the team. They're not doing anything outside of it. What they have. They're not. They're not okay. I need guys to go deep. We need to throw the ball deep, uh, ten times a game, seven times a game. We don't have guys that can go deep. We just don't. You know, uh, we're gonna blitz every down. We're gonna put zero coverage everywhere. We might do it once or twice a game uh, at the right time. There are blitzes, but there's not zero coverage every play. There's not. I agree with you. You know, there's not, hey, the ball's coming down one yard deep. We're going to return it every time. No, no, no. If it's deep enough for us to take, to, you know, you know, touch back, let's do the touchback and let's move on. That They're using what's available. A lot of teams and a lot of coaches won't do that. A lot of teams, a lot of coaches have systems. They have pride. They have all these things they're going to make happen. It's like, you know, no offense, and I don't want to, you know, begrudge anyone, but Carson Wentz. A lot of teams, a lot of coaches kept thinking like he he's he did okay at Philly his first year. Got hurt. Another uh, kid comes in, wins the Super Bowl. He's like, oh, that kid's got a statue outside. I need my statue outside. That I'm like, okay, but you got to notice that he wasn't doing everything. That's how he got hurt. Oh well, we'll stop him from doing it. Well, he's limited if he doesn't do the run part that got him hurt. We're gonna make him a pocket passer. Well, he's limited as a pocket passer. He needs to run to be effective. Well, next coach, I know how to fix him. Goes to Indy, Indy, doesn't fix him. He goes down to to Washington. Ron Rivera, right or wrong, has openly criticized him. You you can't have a system. You have to work with what you have. That's, That's a very simple thing. And it's hard for coaches to do. It's hard for coaches to accept because their brilliance and how they got hired is like, my system works. It doesn't always work if you don't have the people for it. 100% agree. I think it's very well said. Mm-hmm. And I think it's little things that the coaches do to try to win in this different way that not a lot of NFL teams are winning this way, right? Mm-hmm. Breaking tendencies, formation, like we talked about with, mm-hmm. the, with the wildcat play, to give the offense a little bit of an advantage. Mm-hmm. And I think one thing Daniel Jones said the other the week is that this offensive system gives him a lot of options. And mm-hmm. there always seems to be an answer for him based on what the defense is showing. It might not be a big spectacular play, but yeah. it's avoiding the negative play. Something as simple as that. Sure. And the system and the coaches are giving him the options at his disposal to make the most of what he has to work with. Think, think about this also. It's, it's simplified for them so much that they know what they're doing almost as a group. Very few busted plays. Very few guys looking or tapping themselves on the chest. I mean, how many second and 12s did we see the last few years? You don't see a lot of those. Yeah, but so so what's happening is is that they are being consistent constantly. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of a double, but they're they're just consistent. So much so that they're saying if we stay in the game and keep being consistent, that if we get down to the end, it's going to be like a poker face. Who's going to crack? Agreed. Who's going to crack? We're going to stay consistent. you got to go try to do something out of the ordinary to try to close the game out or try to get back in the game. And if you can't do it, 
we'll stick with the consistency. And that's what's winning. 201-939-4513. 201-939-4513. Sorry, guys, that went a little bit longer than I thought, but let's go rapid fire here on the calls. I want to get as many people as we can as possible to talk some Giants football with Howard and I. Again, it's 201-939-4513. And this week, Howard, join us on Sunday, October 16th, Giants and Ravens. The team celebrates Latino Heritage Month, presented by Ford. Arrive early to partake in several plaza activ- activities and activations, including food sampling, salsa dancing with Paul Dottino. I mean, I'm sorry, <laughs> just salsa <laughs> dancing. Live music and celebrity <laughs> artist DJ Camillo performing during pregame warm-ups that and select times throughout year. the game. Limited tickets are available. Just visit Giants.com slash tickets to secure your today oh no here's what we do i bet tino can dance don't 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 I bet, as much as he walks all you do is quick feet dude he's got to do it the, <laughs> the dj is at the stage mm-hmm. for you guys at men life central i think unless something comes up you'll be doing your segment there mm-hmm. get the tino to salsa that is my mission to you get paul to salsa callers everyone who calls in when the tino's on up here please say will you please salsa for me i just want to hear him say no a thousand times and then I'm going to ask him in front of everybody again. On the air. <laughs> On the air. Oh, absolutely. Lance will ask you some inane question. Just ignore him and ask the Tino Salsa. What the, it, Howard, what do you think the path to victory is? The Tino Salsa <laughs> right now. As, as executive producer of the radio broadcast, I give you full permission to do just that. <laughs> They'll be like, what? Yeah. I'm like, Casillas, don't you want to see it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, and DJ, play the music. Paul. <laughs> Jonathan will be all over that too Jonathan will be all over that The Tino is coming <laughs> And I'm not telling him either I'm not telling him Alright let's go to Andrew in Virginia He's going to lead us off today Andrew what's going on Hey guys um, Thanks for taking my call Great gutty win on the road Loved everything about that comeback finish And I wanted to specifically ask you two About the defensive adjustments For the second half it sounds like you're kind of like 50-50 Green Bay shot themselves in the foot. They definitely kept our offense in the game by making some mistakes that kept our drives going, for sure. Um, but we did have you know five consecutive scoring drives. But on with, with our defense, is it like a combination of, yes, give our players and Wink Martindale credit, or is it more like Green Bay really got in their own way and can you tell me what's your educated opinion on what happened there in the second half? So it's really simple. When we're talking like this and we're talking about what Green Bay did and their failures, we're talking about what their what the defense caused them to do. We're not talking about that everybody fell down on, on, on offense or like the guys did last night. They ran into each other or something. Yep. No, no, we're not talking about that. We're talking about they basically – they're making adjustments so quickly that Aaron Rodgers does not trust his receivers. He just doesn't. And the way the Giants defense was playing, they forced them to go to the same guy over and over because Aaron Rodgers just didn't trust the other guys. He didn't trust where they were on the field sometimes. He wasn't even looking for them. And then the Giants were like, cool. Why, why wouldn't they go back to what was working? Did they take the underneath stuff away? Why wouldn't they run the ball? They, well, they moved the ball on us all the first half. Why did it change drastically in the second half? One, one player makes a mistake. One player doesn't run the right route. One player does one thing wrong, and Aaron just – no offense to him. You know, he's a great, great quarterback. He's the greatest of whatever. He just, he just won't do it. Yeah, and someone made this point to me too, Howard, and Andrew, I think this is part of it also. 
Remember, the Giants lost to Dory Jackson, right? Yeah. So I'm sure Aaron Rodgers is sitting there. Whoa, their top corner's out. They're running out Nick McLeod, Fabian Moreau, and Justin Lane. Well, I'm Aaron frickin' Rodgers here. I want to throw the ball and beat these guys. So that's probably one of the reasons they went away from the run, because Rodgers thought he had some matchups. And give credit to Nick McLeod. They tried to hit Randall Cobb Three over the times. middle on that slant. Knocked the ball away. Three times. He did, a, he did a nice job. The one that you see is him knocking the ball away. Yep. They threw it to him three times. One, he threw it out of bounds. Yep. One, you know, something else. And I'm just telling you, like, Aaron Rodgers, again, ego, ego aside or whatever, he's he's a guy like everybody else, the Peyton Manning and everything. He notices when something goes wrong. All of a sudden, you don't have a starting corner. Let's go at that corner. Right. We, and he we, did. we can open this thing up. Mm-hmm. Let's go at this corner. Instead of going like, okay, we got him. Let's keep running the ball. Let's keep grinding, whatever. The Giants are like, cool, go at the corner. We got him. We support him. And to Howard's point, those backup guys did a good job not mm-hmm. allowing those Packers to get that separation. And the other thing, too, Andrew, remember, Green Bay only had three offensive possessions in the second half. The first one went seven plays for 41 yards, and Dexter Lawrence had the big sack to shut that drive down. Mm-hmm. The next drive... That's what Howard and I are referencing. They say, oh, all these corners are out. Let's throw it. They throw three straight times, and I believe it was the third down play where McLeod knocked it away on the slant over the middle on the little over route. And then the final drive, the Packers did go 69 69 yards on 14 plays, but they made two big stops on third and one and fourth and one inside the 10. So, you know, the Giants didn't shut the Packers down. You know, they did move the ball on two of those three drives, but they made the plays when they had to. They did force the one three and out in the second half to get it done. So, no, this wasn't just Green Bay shooting themselves in the foot. The Giants made some really big plays in crucial situations to keep the Packers off the board in terms of points. Offensively and defensively, it's the exact same thing. Let's be as consistent as we possibly can the entire game. Let's try to stay where we're supposed to be in our lanes and when we're playing in defense, be where we're supposed to be on the field offensively. Be where you're supposed to be. Make your block. Let's move the ball down. If we stay consistent the entire game, we got to see if the other team's willing to be consistent or will they try something. Green Bay tried something. Green Bay had something going on. They had like a little bit of a run game. They were doing okay. Those short passes. Short yeah. passes, mm-hmm. the, the legal pass on the outside, as I called it, the entire game. But as they were doing that, they got to the point, they're like, okay, look at this. Their starting corner. Not just their starting corner. Their number one corner mm-hmm. It's out of the game. We're going to go away from what's working, and we're going to go after that guy. We can blow these guys out. By the way, Fabian Moreau left the game for a while, too, so is there one and two corners heading into the game around? So they're like, we can blow this thing. Like, I know what they were thinking. We can blow this thing open. I've seen it on every level of football. We can blow this thing open, and when it's not working and and your your opponent scores again, now you're in in a pickle. And the Packers threw it three straight times on that second drive of the second half, and nobody was open. Yeah. The Giants covered well. And all of a sudden, you're in a pickle. Then you're like the Giants score, like, okay, well, now what do we do? Now you're forced to go to something that you weren't prepared to do. And that's what the Giants did. They stayed consistent the entire game, making plays when they have to. Nothing super exorbitant, like crazy. The sack was great. The couple sacks were great, and the hits were great, but that was late in the game. And the Giants had a seven-minute drive and an eight-minute drive in the yep. second half. That's that, that, that's a quarter worth of football off the clock on the Giants' first two drives of the second half. And that is one of the best ways to beat the Green Bay Packers is to keep Aaron Rodgers on the bench. And they, by the way, not just that, they scored on yeah. those drives. A Absolutely. touchdown and a field goal. Absolutely. You got anything else, Andrew? He's gone. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Uh, let's get another one. Tough one coming up. Yeah, should be fun. Thanks for the call, man. 
go to Bill in upstate New York. He's up next on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Hey, Bill. Hey, how's it going? What's up? Um, and Howard, this, you know, this is no, this is no offense against you, but um, I, I'm beginning, I'm, I'm beginning to see another Mark Bavaro emerge. <clears throat> I mean, Bellinger, that that one play in the middle. I mean, this guy is. I mean, uh, nothing against uh, Evan Ingram, but I'm kind of glad he's gone. Because now we're beginning to see some tight ends. I mean, that one block that was placed that that freed Daniel Jones the week before. I mean, I'm seeing tight ends emerge here. Then I'm really happy for it. Howard, your thoughts on Bellinger? I think that the, the entire t- tight end package has emerged. Uh, they're going back to the old uh, 1990 load package, which you have three tight ends on the field. A lot of 12 and 13 persons. Yeah, at the same time, and that that's like almost unheard of. And they 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 are you know they're not just effective players, but they're available players. And I don't think people really recognize one of the greatest abilities in football is your availability. And if you're available, they will find ways to use you. Like we said in the open, like this coaching staff is using what's available to them. And they're not using Bellinger like they would use Evan Ingram, no. right? They're using him as a two-way blocking first type of tight end. They're using him because he's effective in both areas. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Right. Where Evan, Evan tried to block. And, and by the way, Evan did really try yeah, to yeah. block. He, he put himself out there. He would throw himself in the way, do whatever he could. But he was he was more of a, a John Novacek kind of a player back, back in the was, day. They, but, Evan was 230 pounds. Again, Novacek. Yeah, he was, he so was, was Novacek. Yeah, yeah, Novacek. He's the same guy, you know. And you know, but having guys now that can do both, and that are not just willing to do both, but they they can do both. Like it, it's crazy. Not just it, it's all three of the guys. Like if you throw them the ball, they catch the ball. They'll they'll turn their shoulders upfield. They're not, you know, as, as Coach Barcelona said, they're not being nifty. <laughs> that is going forward, and it and it's effective. And you want guys like that uh, as it goes as it comes along and it go, and it grows. We're going to see their their roles probably grow because who knows who's going to be available to the team. And these guys are constantly available, and they're becoming more and more. I would hate to use this word, you know, prematurely, but they're becoming more and more dynamic. No, I, I yeah, I agree with that. Um, you know, the thing that uh, the thing that you miss is that Bellinger did that end around, and he had a choice to throw or to or to run it, and he ran it. How many times did you see Evan Ingram run that and get stuck behind the line? You know, I just... Well, I'm not sure how many uh, times they asked Evan Ingram to run the Philly special, to be honest with you. I'm not sure if they ever asked him to run the Philly special. The the Philly special is a unique play where, you know, he he really wanted to give the ball to Daniel Jones. But by the time the ball hit his hands and, like, you know, they they made the pass, they were coming upfield to, to like, shield him from going all the way around like a a tight end double reverse. So once they're upfield... You don't get to run into your stride to throw the ball, so he only had right. one, he really had really no choice. And Daniel, you know, as great as an athlete as Daniel is, because it's because it's so close to the goal line where the play was happening, he didn't have any chance to like really do a burst of speed. He was just in the end zone, and instead of putting your quarterback at risk, he's like, okay, well, I, I can try to make it right here. So it, it, it yeah, I love that. It. Yeah, he did it. He did a good job. I and love pro- that. Yeah, and probably the coaches said, hey, look, if you don't have it. <laughs> put your head down and go and for it. And the variation on that play, which is interesting, I'm, and I didn't see it when I initially watched the play. I watched it when I rewatched the tape on the eight and a half plane <laughs> hour plane ride home, however long it was. It seemed like it was eight and a half hours. Um, Tanner Hudson actually slid off the line of scrimmage, and he's sitting there 
wide open, waiting for the ball. But at that point, Bellinger had the guy in his face. He makes yeah, he the guy miss, runs it in. He, no, there was no way for him to hit him. But if there wasn't anyone in the backfield, Tanner Hudson was literally sitting there wide open right, in the end right, zone yeah. for a touchdown, yeah. which I thought was a nice little second option variation on, on well, the play. Well, you, you try to give all these plays, you try to give more than one option. And that was the point yeah. I was before, yeah. right? Yeah. You yeah. want to give them answers yeah. to what the defense does. Absolutely. Yeah, just, just one more thing, I'll let you guys go. Um, the depth. I'm beginning to see a lot more depth. I think Dave Dave said in the beginning of the year, the guys I put out there I trust. And that, that means a lot. You know, I mean, you, you I, I see him going into a 50. I mean, McLeod, come on. That was awesome. I mean, these guys are emerging from the bench, from the practice squad, and they're just competing like, like a Dory Jackson, like everybody else. And I love it. Like again, appreciate it, Bill. Thank you very much. I think the depth part of it is more of necessity, you know, John. Like, and there are a lot of guys that are getting rotated in because guys are guys are banged up. They're they're unable to practice. Next so, man up, man. Yeah. So if you're unable to practice all week, and we bring a guy from the practice squad to practice in that position, hoping that you're going to play, and then you're not able to play, you're activated. Hey, look, you've been doing a great job all week. We trust you. Let's get started. And they go in and they do their job. It's 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 a different world uh, since we had since we've done this new uh, practice squad the way they have the rules set it's a it's, it's totally different than it was five years ago ten years ago whatever by having players that are available to play for you and you can move them up and move them down it makes a big difference to teams. So you may have a 53-man roster. And especially a lot of those guys in the practice can be vets now. They don't have that year limitation on them. Yeah, so you could have a guy that's – you have a 53-man roster, but you could have literally 60 guys that are, you know, quote, available to you or even more. I mean, Howard, Tony Jefferson, who's a 10-year pro, was on the practice squad the first four weeks. I mean, come on. You couldn't do that 10 years ago. No, no, and that changes changes everything. If you can get the right guys that are, hey, look – you know, I I'd love to have a couple more years in the league, and I and I really want to play. And they show up to your team, they see what you're doing. Like, okay, you're like I'm one play away here, like you are everywhere, but you're more of one play away. And you can see guys are picking and choosing and going places where they have the opportunity to. And if they don't see the opportunity, they they'll go wherever they can. But guys who are looking for opportunities are like, okay, I see what's going on here. This team doesn't have a lot of depth. I'll go over there. Jalen Smith, mm-hmm. Landon Collins, yeah. Fabian Moreau, yeah. who was your starting corner. Where, yeah. did, where did he start this year? Yeah. Practice squad. Exactly. Guys know. Guys know. So it's different world. And these guys, uh, this, this staff, uh, this whole group, not just the staff, you know, everybody from Joe Shane, everybody all the way down, they know. We need guys. We need guys that can, that can play. And then, Coach, it's your responsibility to get them ready to play, even if they're not actually ready for that weekend because everybody's starting. Oh, crap. Somebody pulled a hamstring. Oh, we have an appendicitis. We've had a couple of those this year. Hey, Howard, <laughs> do you know what wide receiver played the most snaps for the Giants on Sunday? No. Marcus Johnson. <laughs> really? You know Marcus? Yeah, I couldn't uh, believe it when I saw it wow. either. But, yeah, he did. Okay. You know what Marcus Johnson was? Practice squad. Practice squad. Yeah, so it, that is what you need when you, you know. And everybody everybody's doing their job, but that's what you need. That's, that's incredible. I couldn't believe it. He played... 77% of the snaps with 47. Richie James played 33. Slayton mm. played 33. Sills played 26. There you go. Marcus freaking Johnson. There you go. Got, that guy put some, put some good stuff on tape.
He did? And yeah. so did Darius Slayton. Yeah. Play. Oh, Slayton. Slayton did a great. And Richie James quietly played well, too. Again, he forced those two big penalties, yeah. which, were, which were big. All right, let's go to uh, Bob in Myrtle Beach, I believe. He's next. Bob, what's going on? Hey, good afternoon, gentlemen. Thank you very much for taking my call. Got to say, I am super pumped right now, uh, loving this team and how we're playing hard every week. I want to say this was the uh, biggest victory we had since the Benny McAdoo era when we uh, made the playoffs. But um, a quick question for you guys. Um, before the season started, I was um, pretty concerned about our cornerback depth and actually called up the show and proposed an idea of um, – signing Landon Collins to play safety and moving Julian Love to cornerback since that's what he played when he was going to Notre Dame. Well, Bob, by the way, I I realize they signed Landon Collins, and look, I don't know what letters they're going to put next to his name, but it's going to be much more of Landon Collins linebacker than it's going to be Landon Collins safety. Right. Well, I guess my question is, I mean, because I'm obviously, I mean, you guys know as well, it seems like we're really banged up, though, at the corner position. Yeah. I mean, from what I'm hearing, it's like Aaron Robinson may be lost for the season. It'll be a while. Adoree Jackson. Yeah, and obviously Adoree Jackson suffered a, a knee injury. I mean, is, is that serious? or? I have no idea, Bob. I haven't, we haven't got any word on Adoree. I could tell you in postgame in the locker room when I was doing my interviews, he was sitting in his locker with nothing on his knee. Like, there wasn't a huge wrap on it or anything like that. So, I don't know what that means, but I, he wasn't on crutches or had a big ice pack or whatever. So, I don't know what it's going to be, and we don't really have much of an update. Hopefully sooner rather than later, but I honestly would just be me guessing at this point. Gotcha. Yeah, no, I, I, then I obviously saw Fabian, um, um, you know, leave the game and stuff. And yeah, He came back. He came back, though, at the end. Yeah, I, I guess I was just wondering if you guys think that moving love to corner is a possibility if we do get in a pickle where there's just nowhere else to turn since we do have Landon and also obviously McKinney and Dane Belton is playing well. And Jefferson too. Yeah, you mean you, yeah, and yeah, Jefferson. Yeah. Depending on what, what's going on and who you're playing against, it, it, it could be any combination of those guys playing corner. McKinney could play corner a little bit. Love could have to play corner a little bit. Uh, they prefer to play safety. Uh, but if they needed to, and we were in desperate situations, and the practice squad guys are all gone, <laughs> which is you know, which is a possibility. I don't see them lining up at outside corner though. I think you might be using them in the slot. I'm bit. telling you right now. No, I mean if you have to, you have to. <laughs> like, I get it, but I don't like, think that's what they n- want to necessity do. Necessity is the most. Like if if you played McKinney at, at corner and put Love over the top, or put Love at corner and play McKinney over the top. You got one guy covered out of the group. I think that's more of an emergency situation than that's, a preference. That's what situation. he just said. Yeah, we're not, we're not, we're not, we're know, not there right now. No, we're not wishing that either. Right. You, know, you, you don't want yeah. to. We don't want to try to create scenarios, and we hope that there's somebody that is willing and able, which probably is on somebody else's practice squad, that you can go scoop up. Right. Hey, Bob, and I'll put it this way. Right. The Giants were down. I mean, if you want to actually go through the names, Justin Lane is what their seventh corner, yeah, something like that, yeah. and. They still had him out there a corner rather than moving Love there. So yeah. I think it's much more of a really an emergency situation. Like you're down with nobody with legs left that could play well, corner. Just like it, it, so. Which is, you know, the way things have been going with, with, with guys going in and out of the games. And, and it, it I don't know what the surfaces on the grounds are or whatever or how much they're working out. You, you don't never know, but I don't think that's going to be a case. Right. Gotcha. Yeah, no, I was just wondering because I mean he was a darn good quarter in uh, when he played in college there. So you know, I don't know. I thought there might have been a possibility. But hey, thanks a lot, guys. I do appreciate it. Appreciate Bob. Appreciate yeah, it. and he was much more of a zone 
guy in college and he was like yeah you know he he, and he, he, you know, he did a good job in college he did no he was a very good player in college yeah. and i will say this too about the corners i think you know we talked about this position as one we were watching a lot in the offseason i think mm-hmm. if you want to look at one break that the schedule makers gave the giants this year is that they have not faced like an elite elite wide receiver group yet so far this year DJ Moore's probably the best individual wide receiver they faced, and that Panther offense is kind of a mess um, right now. I'm trying to think. No, that's um, what I'm saying. Like the, the, the Titans, ki- the, the kid at Dallas, uh, you know. C- oh, no, you're right, Ceedee Lamb. Ceedee Lamb is the best CD, receiver they faced. I think Ceedee Lamb's decent. That's yeah. fair, but Dak wasn't there. It was Cooper Rush instead, so that makes it a little bit different. Okay, but no, but you're right. Ceedee Lamb is an elite wide receiver. That's fair. Yeah. No, that's I fair. Mean, he I dropped, forgot about it. He him. dropped an open pass. I mean, like, I mean <laughs> that's right. He did drop the. I mean, the one. He, I forgot he, about that. He was wide. He couldn't have been more open. So I'm it was just a saying, spear. It would have killed him. It would have killed him dead. <laughs> thank, thank God he went throwing a javelin. Uh, but outside of that, let me think. Elite wide receiver. Traylon Burks and Robert Woods in game one. You know, DJ Moore with the Panthers. Yeah, the think, Bears. I Darnell think, Mooney. I don't mean any harm, but every time you say his names, think of the quarterback. No, 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 but Howard, that's. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's the point I'm trying yeah, to make. Yeah, okay. So I think that has been had an inadvertent favor from the schedule maker, where they haven't faced that team that has really been able to take advantage no, of what's I, happening I, in the back. I half. think almost the first elite receiver you're going to see and and know that he's dangerous will be in Seattle. Yeah, DK Metcalf, right? Yeah, that 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 is a monster. So you know, and Geno Smith has had some kind of not even rebirth birth. By the way, and. <laughs> Gino was nothing but great when he was here. He was yeah. a polite kid, nice guy, fun, yeah. to, really, really good dude. I'm happy for him. I'm yeah, really you know, happy. Yeah, he's a good, like, he's a lot like Jalen Hurt. Second round, it's right, second round draft pick. Oh, I think, didn't the Jets take him in the first? I think he's a second round pick. I think he's a second round pick. I think pick. he was the second quarter. Oh, no, I'm thinking, maybe I'm thinking of E.J. Manuel, yeah, the Bills. Thinking, I think they you're picked him. E.J. Manuel, they picked yeah. him in the first yeah, round, right? Another second round, another second round quarterback, second or third round quarterback. The second round, I yeah, believe. That, uh, that, that's doing all right. He was the second quarterback taken in 2013 with the 39th pick. So, yeah, second yeah. quarterback pick and second round pick. Yeah. I, think, I think E.J. Manuel was the guy that was picked first. E.J. Manuel was picked first, mistaken. yeah. He's on ESPN, the manual, the, the manual for winning or something like that. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Yeah, he was drafted in 2013, <laughs> and he was drafted, if I can find that very quickly. Go, go, go to the callers. This is irrelevant. I know. I will. 201. <laughs> I, this, yeah, this is me just doing it for my own edification. Thank you, Howard. No, keep me on the tracks. That's a good job, Eddie. You just, you just, keep me on the tracks. You are in the weeds. I was in the weeds. John and the Catskills is up next. John, what's going on, man? Thanks, Howard. Appreciate it. Holy what's going smoke. on, John? Wow. Thanks, Hello, guys. <laughs> What's up? Hey, thanks for taking my call. You're welcome. I appreciate it. Uh, this is actually the first time I've ever had a thought to call into anything. So, 16th. Uh, I listened to your show. I love the show. Um, you know, mostly in the archive because I was working. I just recently retired, though, so I have some more time on my hands. Congrats. Uh, to call and antagonize you guys. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. But, uh, Please, go ahead. <laughs> so I want to talk a little bit about the evolution of Daniel Jones. 
Uh, I got to be honest with you, man. When we first drafted him, I, I thought it was a bit of a reach. I thought he was overdrafted. And listen, it's been a challenge, right? It's tough to sit there, uh, watch the games. But this year, something's different. And, I mean, you just look at his ball fakes in the Cowboy game, incredible. And watching him with the bloody wrist, I mean, call me nostalgic, but, man, it reminded me of Brad Benson playing with a bloody nose, uh, you know, some of that stuff. So, um, really, I just wanted to get your take on that. Well, well, Daniels had like a couple evolutions, if you think about it. When he first started out and he came in in, in his first year, he had a decent year. Uh, but everybody was talking about his ball handling and more more so like him getting hit and fumbled from back. Uh, as the second and third years came along, there's a lot of contact on Daniel, a lot of balls on the ground. Some, sometimes he yeah. threw some interceptions, and it, it was just – it was what it was. The evolution of Daniel bo- mostly came from – in the beginning was you, he went as his offensive line went. You know, and that's just unfortunately for him, he just didn't have any protection. He took a beating. I mean, he took a lot of beatings. Uh, even so much so last year, he his he hurt him hurt himself pretty you know pretty bad. Uh, and he's back this year. What's what's different about this year? You have a coaching staff that's like I, I keep saying over and over. They use what they have. Like Daniel, all of a sudden is not not forced to look downfield to throw a ball to someone who may not be there or may not be open there. He's not forced to hold the ball long, longer because, hey, we're looking for this guy. They're putting him to, in situations where he can succeed. Yeah, and it's like not not as many, you know, not as many uh, hits on him. He was getting hit a lot, you know, and against a really good front in Dallas. But outside of that, not as many hits. And Howard, I want to throw it out there too: the impact of Saquon. Like it's a healthy Saquon. Yeah, well, Saquon. I mean, it's a big deal. They're Sa- run blocking a lot better. They're running the ball successfully on first and second down. So, in your point. You're not asking Daniel on the third and eleven to go out there and find David Sills one on one against the corner. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? Like they're, the the coaches are putting Daniels in situations where he can succeed. He's giving realistic options where he can succeed, and they're letting him use his mind to to figure out easy ways to to move the ball up and down the yeah. field. And I think. The evolution is because of what's happening around him rather than and something that's actually happening within Daniel himself. So, he's so, making much better decisions. Yeah, and, and what's an encouraging thing is like when, when Daniel, you know, when you think up Saquon Barkley and all these different things, the offensive line goes like this. You encourage them by running the ball. Yep. And when you have success running the ball, there are fewer and fewer guys running through and getting free because all of a sudden – uh, you know, if you hold your block just an instant longer, it could be a thirty-yard run or a forty-yard run, or you know, at least of you know, from first down and ten to second and four, that encourages the offensive line. Now, all of a sudden, you, your play action looks way better when you put the ball in the belly of the back and you slide it out. The, the linebackers are all the way up before they even make a decision. The corner and the safety are already starting to you know creep inside. Like we got to get to this guy to make sure he's down. That's that's Barkley. That's Breida. That's whoever's in there running the ball. They're terrified that these guys are going to break a break a long run, and it's like it's getting worse and worse and worse for them. The more productivity they have in the run game, the worse it is for defenses. And here's the here's the part that that's really you know really killing them. They can fake it to the right hand it and everybody's getting over there trying to stop the play and Daniel runs out the backside. That is killing him. And if he's not running, there's maybe a tight end that's standing out there in the flat that he can dump it to. 
it's getting harder and harder to defend. You got to defend an extra guy at this point, not just not just the running back, not just the quarterback. It's it's becoming the the RPO is really becoming a big thing for them. Yeah, and I'm going to throw this out there too. I feel like he's been more willing to quickly make the decision to run it. Where he drops back, if there's pressure, no one's there. Just taking off right up the middle. I, I don't mean any harm, but coach yelled at him and he said, "Like you, like don't don't stand back there and take sacks. Let's go." Well, that's what yeah, I'm saying. You, I'm you not taking offense to that. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I yeah, think that's yeah, part yeah, of the co- coaching. Co- coach went right after him. Like it was a couple times in the game, uh, early on in, in the year, where he was pumping and and hoping to get him, and he would, you know, he wouldn't get sacked. No, but just he go, would, run the ball, dude. He, he would get like three yards. He's like, dude, you got a lane, go run and mm-hmm. slide. Get down, so you know he's so, maybe, maybe slide a little earlier. But it's not even. I just I have a whole disgust with the whole sliding thing. If it's Aaron Rodgers and he slides like that, you can't jump anywhere near him. It's just a difference. It's just whoever. If it's Pat Mahomes and he slides like that, you can't hit him above the shoulders when he's going down. Especially like driving his body, driving your body weight across the top of him. You gotta like give the same protection to all the guys, and they're just not. It, it's just. I don't know. Daniel, I, I don't. I don't mean to be mean to no, officials with and stuff, but fine. you know, you watched two sacks this weekend that weren't sa- you know that that they called roughing the passer, which were just plain old hits. One of them was a fumble. Yeah, I'm not sure what Chris Jones was supposed to do on that play last night. <laughs> fumble and recovery. I have no idea. And they're like, "Oh, you roughed him." I'm like, "Oh, he had He's the ball." He's going after the ball, dude. All right. And uh, by the way, Daniel Jones fourth in the NFL this year in terms of rushing yards off of scrambles. Yeah. Fields is one, Josh Allen is two, Jalen Hurts is three, Daniel Jones is four. Yeah. 166 rushing yards off of, again, those aren't the design runs. Yeah. That's off of scrambles. Uh, that, which also means your offense line has done a good job. You hold, you held up in the middle, and you your tackles have pushed the, the ends way around, around yeah. way out and way around and created the pocket in the lane. You got anything else for me, John? Well, no, I just, he looks like a completely different guy. I'm so thrilled to see it. Uh, I can't wait, you know, to see how this thing plays out. And I agree with you. I think the coaching certainly has made a difference. You can see it in his play. And, um, and I'm really happy about how the team is going. So thanks for taking my call. appreciate it, guys. Thank you, John. Right, man. Enjoy your retirement. Yeah, absolutely. we got two more calls here. Let's go to uh, – but first, I should remind everybody, Pearson, I almost forgot. The Giants' official connected TV streaming app, Giants TV, brings original video content and game highlights on demand and direct to big blue fans. Giants TV is free on Apple TV, Roku, and Amazon Fire TV, and the Giants mobile app. I have to say mobile now since we are in London. <laughs> the mobile. Let's That's go to hilarious. Marty and Manahawk. And Marty, what's going on? Hey, John. Hey, Howard. Hey, hey uh, John, I, I wanted to get your take on this with Howard. Uh, I saw a game Saturday. It was a college game. And it was an onside kick. I think it was, I think it was the Texas Tech game. I'm, I'm not 100% sure. But the, the kicking team kicked off, at, uh, you know, an onside kick. It hit the ground. The receiving team, the receiver, after the ball hit the ground, he signaled for a fair catch. The other team never gave him the opportunity to make the fair catch. They jumped on the ball, and they were penalized for recovering the ball. Uh, I was just wondering if that's the same in the uh, NFL. If that's the same rule that you know you would be able to do that. I would have to see the play, Marty. If the I don't do not yeah, once so the ball hits the ground, you can't call a fair catch. If, if he if he 
kind of did the, the there's two ways that they do this uh the uh what well, onside kick is that they try to spin it. If he made a mistake and clipped it and got it in the air instantly, then he could fair catch it. Correct. So if it, it and if they if it hit the ground and then he caught it fair catch or not, he he's live bait. That's just that's just the way it is. It's it's not a the rule even in college is if the ball touches the ground, the ball is live. This is from the NFL operations guy. Oh, wait a minute. Actually, no. What? Uh, maybe it is eliminated because in college football, when they kick off, the ball lands, uh, let's say it's 10-yard line. The guys do just they raise their arms and take it on the 20. Yeah, I don't know what the details of that I, rule I don't know. Are I don't know what the rule is for the, for the onside kick, but in theory, he could just wave his hand, and it should be a fair catch. I'm, this is from the NFL operations guide. Uh, I will – should I read the official thing? Here no. we go. Definition of a fair catch, real quick. A fair catch is an unhindered catch of a scrimmage kick that has crossed the line of scrimmage and has not touched the ground. So that's the key word there, not touched the ground, or of a free kick that has not touched the ground. So uh, the only way you can call a fair catch on those, um, Marty, is if the ball has not – in the NFL – is that if it has not touched the ground yet. So if they, as Howard's point, mm-hmm. you kind of just do like a mini like little pop-up flare mm-hmm. thing, if it, if it, then you can call a fair catch yeah. on that. That is correct. Yeah, so, it, yeah, that's, and I think in the in college, the one I saw, it, it actually, you know, it, it hit the ground and then it popped up, you know, after it hit the ground and he signaled for the fair catch. That was, that's what uh, I guess the difference is. That's uh, why it was it was called a penalty then. Well, in college, it's just a fair catch. It's an unhindered, Thank you, Marty. A hin- unhindered catch uh, of scrimmage once the ball is kicked across the line of scrimmage. Is okay. it touch ground or not? You can fair catch it. Interesting. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah. I, I don't want to comment on it. I'm not that familiar with the college no, that's, rule. That, that's the that's the rule. I just I just, okay. I just looked it up just to be for sure. But that's that's interesting. I thought that it was like because it, it makes sense because. If they kick the ball off and it's short, you can automatically take the touchback anyway, just, right? They, just, they, they put that, they put their hands put out, side, or, right? or they put their hands out at a way fair catch and they move on just so you don't get they don't get creamed. Charlie, if you complain about Daniel Jones today, I'm hanging up on you. Go ahead. Charlie's <laughs> Charlie's here to complain about that fair catch rule in college. He's just in the show. Hey, Charlie. What's hey, happening? look. Hey, Howard. Everything's good. Was, I didn't uh, ask you if you were good. Game. I just said, Come don't on. complain about let's, Daniel let's, Jones. Let's, 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 <laughs> hey, see, look, let's see what Charlie got look, for me let's today. Not, let's not put Daniel in the ring of honor yet. We're not doing that. We're not doing or that. Or the Super Bowl raising Lombardi trophy, all right? Uh, look, he played like a competent quarterback, and that's the way he should play. You know, the bar is so low for this guy. It's just what, like when he plays like he should, everybody's calling it great. I don't call it great. But let me just say this. Barkley won that game. When we were on the eight-yard line, and Daniel Jones fumbled. And luckily, Douglas from the Packers, who had about three or four penalties, had another one. And the, the play that changed that whole game was when Barkley ran that 41-yard run. It took us out of dangerous territory in our own end zone and, and brought it, you know, I don't know, wherever it ended up. But that was the play that changed. The whole momentum changed. Uh, we got out, you know, and then we kept moving. So, to me, Barkley won that game. Uh, he, uh, you know, he also had that, you know, five-yard swing pass that Jones threw to him, and he took it for another 30, 35 yards. And then he had the Wildcat touchdown. Mm-hmm. Look, without Barkley, we wouldn't be 4-1. and one, Of course. Even if Jones was still there, right? So, so, let, me and, ask you, so let me ask you a question, Charlie, sure. because you're, you yeah. know, you're down on Jones always. 
Did Jones get hurt last week before a game? Like we didn't know if he was going to play or not, right? Right. Bad ankle, everything. The whole the whole thing was toxic. I don't know how he's going to make Charlie it. Charlie called up and said there's no way he should start and it's going to hurt yeah, the team. That's right. Him. He should have. Right. So, he so, so, so Charlie, 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 stop talking. Yards. Stop talking, Charlie. Don't do it. Don't do it to yourself. So you have a player. <laughs> no. now, you have a player now that's coming back from injury. Not yeah. only did he come back from injury, he scrambled and ran wow. eff- effectively. Did he not? Let's let's you know we all uh, have uh, 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 you, ha- you have to an- you have to you have to answer the you have to answer the question. <laughs> did he ca- not? Ten carries, what? thirty-seven yards. Ten carries, thirty-seven yards. Also thrown to receivers. That were on the practice squad, some of them. Marcus Johnson. <laughs> the game before. You I are said co- he played like a competent no, quarterback. No, he didn't play like a competent quarterback. He made yes, some he, he made some of the guys around him better. You have to you have to understand what complimentary football is. You had the greatest quarterback in a generation, in theory, on the other sideline. With with, with better receivers, everybody's healthy. They're supposed to be their team. Two great backs, a great offensive line. I've heard it all. Who, that was who, our defense. That wasn't our that, offense. That had nothing to do with our defense. That was that quarterback not doing his job. That's what you watch. Yeah. That's what you watch. Yeah. You, I, I, you're I watching, if you're watching a great dude do it and he's not doing his job, and you're watching a guy that you're calling competent do his job, you have to have some kind of discernment for what you're saying. What I'm saying is, Look, people were look. If you listen to Twitter, like they, you know, they're saying like, let's mistake. give him forty-five million dollars right now. Well, we're not, not, we're, not we're not saying we're, that, John. I know you're not, John. But people who are Jones lawyers but, but we, are but, just listen, going We're not. We're not. We're not here to do. We're not here to fight against Twitter. We'll we'll never win. No, that's just not a, that's just not an argument. Charlie, so we're going to say this. But, but, we agree with you on that <laughs> particular comment. <laughs> All right. How about All that? Right. Right. That's great. All right. Have a great one, Charlie. All right, Charlie. Be good. Man. Appreciate the call. But, but, you know, when I hear people like that, when they do this whole thing about Jones and Jones this and Jones that, I'm like, no, no, no. You Don't have, fight against people. They're like, I, did, I just like guys. Just pay attention to what happened. And, and again, I'm not, I guess I'm beating on, 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 on what's his name, Aaron Rodgers. I can't help but beat on Aaron Rodgers by watching what was going on on the field. I'm watching a kid that's like, in theory, he's playing for his career. He's playing for a contract. He's playing for all this stuff. He's just doing his job. Yeah, he's doing exactly what the coaches are asking just him to do. Just do and your doing it job. Well. Do your job. Listen to your coaches. Make your guys. Give everybody there a chance. Charlie's doing the Paul Dottino. You know, yeah. when Paul comes on here and gets all mad and Micah Carson's and Khalil Mack, <laughs> he's like, yeah, not that good. And he, oh, he's not actually mad at Parsons and Mack. He's mad at the people on the internet that compare them to Lawrence Taylor. And that clicks the switch in Paul's head Listen, where he becomes a lunatic. I, I and then he starts killing the players, even though he's just mad that some random dude with six numbers on his user he, name he, even, compared Michael Parsons to Lawrence Taylor. Even Lawrence likes Parsons. I'm like, don't even, don't fool yourself. Have, you, have you talked to him about yeah, it? Yeah, that kid's special. You know, just <laughs> don't tell er, Paul everybody, that, listen, everybody take a deep breath and let's hope that he isn't as special. It wears off or something, but right now, Holy smokes. Two more sacks yesterday, oh by the God. way, including the game winner. You know, like there are two players in, in the league that, like, you know, you wonder, like, if – I don't know if you could have ever got them and everything, but Parsons and that kid uh, – Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald. Yep, like, I'm, those I'm, are the two, 100%. You, I'm watching those dudes. I'm like, come on. They just move differently. They're just they're, – they're, they're different humans. Yeah. You, you know, 
you just you got to give credit where credit's due. I'm not saying he's the greatest player of all time. No, 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 but, no, no, no. But Donald could be. <laughs> no, like the Donald's in terms of defensive tackles, yeah, he's, yeah. He's, he's, he's he's in the conversation yeah, with anybody. Yeah, Put him up there with Bob Lilly and Reggie yeah, White if you he, want to call him a tackle no, or whatever you're talking. He was an end. But, yeah, but it, you know he's that's that's scary. So, but anyway. Good stuff, Howard. All right, brother. Fun times. We'll see Howard uh, next week. Next week's our switch, right? So you're going to be on Thursday next week, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, let me check a check. A quick I believe look. that's I your believe switch so. with Jonathan, I believe, I, believe. So. I believe so, too, because I think I'm going. I'll be in Sea Island, Georgia, Excellent. playing some golf. All right. Shocking that that's what you're going to be doing. And by the way, E.J. Manuel was the 16th overall pick in the first round of 2013. Out of the weeds, the John. Out of the weeds. Back in the weeds. For Howard Cross, I'm John Schmelk. Stay with us tomorrow, Detino and Salzburg. They'll be here with you at 1230, whatever time it is. Right? Oh, you have got Sonny Salzing. Stop it. I don't, I, I'm never going to be allowed to see that. He's wearing his little golf shorts and he's salsing. Oh my God. Now he's doing it. Oh. Bye. See you tomorrow. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.